<laughs> I've, no, I've just seen this newspaper headline. Stu- uh, it says students get first-hand job experience, but they've obviously missed out the hyphen. So. <laughs> 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 good for them actually <laughs> hello you're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a great pop album and break it down track by track. That's what she said. <laughs> and on the turntable this week, it's Waiting for the Sirens Call by New Order. New Order, another one of our all-time favourites. Absolutely. And as I mentioned last week, we talked about them on our fourth ever episode with Music Complete. And then we haven't actually been back to a New Order album since. No, uh, and so it's about time. Mm. Um, and actually, we weren't going to mention this, but we were meant to be talking about something Eurovision-related this week with a whole album for a Eurovision act and a special episode. But due to uh, recent events and the ever-changing situation around us, we uh, opted to do something even better. Uh, and it is time, as you say, for, for us to come back around to New Order. But Dan, before we get into it, how are you? Um, I think I'm well, thanks, Will. How are you? I'm good. Did you have that um, minor surgery in the end this week? Sadly, it was pushed back due to recent events. So it is still growing, um, but I'm hoping I can contain it myself. Just I mean, I wouldn't say it's that noticeable if you wear a uh, top hat. <laughs> well, I was wearing a top hat, but now the top hat looks like it's floating on my head. So, Well, I just don't know what you're going to do other than um, just continue to self-isolate. Uh, unless you've got, have you got a Marge Simpson wig at home? <laughs> well, I have actually from Halloween two years ago. Yes, and if you've got that little green dress as well. Yeah, I have. Yeah, and mm. I've got that yellow paint, face paint as well. If you want to go the whole hog. Uh, and you've got your pearl necklace on today, actually. So I could borrow that as well, maybe. Um, that's just for mine. Maybe uh, see if you can find someone to give you a giant pearl necklace. Anyway. New Order. So, uh, for the uninitiated, if there are any out there, New Order uh, are an English group uh, formed in 1980, a long time ago. And that was by Bernard Sumner, Peter Hook, Stephen Morris, uh, after um, Joy Division. Uh, And this uh, New Order have had a long and illustrious career, and I'm delighted to say... They're with us in the studio today. No, they're not really. Um, I'm <laughs> delighted to say. Trick. <laughs> uh, well, Dan, you are sat in the studio with me. You can tell. You're not, they're I not thought there. you were going to bring them out from somewhere. Maybe a, a stage trapdoor or something like that. Yeah, just like the way it whooshes up. Yeah. That is probably the one that Gemma Collins fell down at the Radio <laughs> 1 Awards, wasn't it? Happier times. Yes, they are still going strong now. We saw them last year. Two years ago, it was the year before. Was it two years ago? Yeah, Ali Pali, yeah. Blimey, where does the time go? Goodness knows. But we hopefully, all being well, we'll be seeing them again later this year at the O2. Oh, well, I wouldn't put any bets on anything for the rest of this year. Mm. eh? And of course, they're going on, well, at time of recording, I should make very clear, they're going on a joint headline tour with Pet Shop Boys in the US. I thought you were going to say they're going on pointless celebrities. (laughs) No, are we going on that? 
Yes, with the emphasis on pointless. <laughs> There's pointless people. Uh, I can't wait to uh, see how that goes. I know. I'm them. such a shame. Would have, would have absolutely loved for that to have happened in the UK. Would have given my left arm. We are actually in America at the time. Or, again, at time of recording, we are planning to be in America at the time that Pet Shop Boys and New Order are there. But they're not actually playing in Florida where we're going to be. And I should point out, it's not just you and I going. No. Nothing is going on there. No. The group of us going. A, a large group of which we are two people. Mm. And there are... Our partners are in the rest of the group, actually, as well, we should say. Business partners. <laughs> now, today we're going to be talking about uh, Waiting for the Sirens Call, which was released in 2005, 15 years ago. And Dan, why specifically? Oh, let me guess. No, don't let me guess. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't. You, what you would have guessed would have been half true. So it's 15 years this week since the release of Jetstream, which was the second single from the album and featuring animatronic on vocals. And we'll go into a lot more detail about that later, of course. But it just feels like for me, this album a lot of long-time New Order fans, this is not always, or let me be more honest, this is quite often their least favourite New Order album. And I think it's great. So this is almost, I think, a... Two fingers to anyone that's a fan. Absolute. Yeah, well, no. And please <laughs> do keep listening. But it's almost um, in defence of, because I think there's some great stuff on here. And don't get me wrong, it does go a little bit more mud- middle of the road, muddle of the road in places. But there's some wonderful work. There's some Stuart Price in there, which of course we love. There's some Richard X uh, elsewhere, animatronic. So there's some great stuff on here. And uh, you're a fan of the album, aren't you? Yes. Good. <laughs> Thank <laughs> God for that. So this, uh, the last time we were talking about New Order, it was uh, their most recent album. Yes. Music Complete. Uh, so we've gone a bit further back, uh, quite a bit further back. But this... But not completely back. But not completely back. Not back to back to front to back. This was the last album before, the last full album before Music Complete. But there was a sort of mini album in the middle called Lost Sirens, which were tracks written around the time of this. But then Peter Hook left the band and there's lots of legal disputes. So that album did come out a few years later. But in terms of full length albums, it went from Waiting for the Sirens Call to Music Complete. And what a change in sound, actually, it was. I think they refound the dance floor in the middle, didn't they? Yes. Yes, they did. So before we get stuck in, I just do want to point out that uh, in terms of the personnel of the band. Oh, yes. This was quite an interesting one because it was the last full album recorded with Peter Hook, who, of course, is synonymous with the New Order sound with his incredible bass lines. Um, It was the first with Phil Cunningham, who was previously a a tour musician on the tour before this and then became a full member writing and recording with him on this one. And then now he's obviously a long term, huge part of the band. Uh, And also was the first to be recorded without Gillian Gilbert on the keyboards. But she did come back for Music Complete. Okay, so let's get stuck in uh, to side one, track one. And this is... Who's Joe? Joe who? Um, I don't know, but isn't that that famous line 
oh, hey, Joe. Hey, Joe, what are you doing with that gun or something like that? So maybe you're thinking of Hey Jude. Oh. <laughs> uh, if I say Joe, what's the first Joe that comes to your head? Joe, Joe Johnson, our Prime Minister's brother. Oh, wow, that's interesting. That's the first one. Mamma's Joe Pasquale. Ah, oh, recent star of Doctors. I, yeah. Playing anyone, himself in someone's head. This was the most bonkers thing I've read on Twitter all year, I think, and there's been a lot of bonkers things on Twitter. If you missed it, it was probably a couple of months ago now, there was a storyline on the BBC Daytime Soap Doctors where a patient was suffering from a condition where everyone that they saw they thought was Joe Pasquale, and Joe Pasquale played the part of all of those characters. Mind-boggling. <laughs> but I do keep meaning to go back and watch it. Uh, so this song? Now, Dan, don't shoot me or strangle me, mm-hmm. but I don't think this is the strongest start to the album that it could be. No, I'm not going to do either. Um, I, I can see what you mean, definitely. Later on, we're going to get to some more like classic mm, yeah. dance floor New Order. And this isn't it. And I think that's part of the reason why some of the fans, it's not their favourite. Because it feels a bit more, as I said before, middle of the road. feels a bit more light indie kind of thing. Personally, I quite like it as an opener. Because I think it is a, either some albums start you out with a, a bit of a sucker punch. Or this is kind of a guiding us into it. So I love the strings at the beginning. I like how there's a nice elongated outro, which you and I both love a nice long one at, towards the end, don't we? An engorged outro, yes. That's actually the medical term for what's on my head. Um, yes, it is. It's engorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, hon. But this one was recently revived for the live shows that they did at the old Granada TV shows uh, studios a couple of years ago. Uh, so it was great to hear it getting a new lease of life. Did they perform on the old cobbles of Coronation Street? Sadly not. This one was produced by Jim Spencer. Uh, and interestingly, Jim Spencer has worked with New Order before and since, but, but he's also worked with Electronic on the albums that followed their debut, which we talked about last year. So we should go back to Electronic at some point, shouldn't we? I'd love to go back to Electronic. Um, I think very popular episode that was as well. Yes, definitely. So we clearly uh... struck a chord. Yes, exactly. Track two now. Dan? Yeah. Hey now, what you doing? What you doing? Don't go down the road to ruin. Look back at where you came from. Count to ten before you go wrong. You have the brightest future. Writing songs on your computer. But you couldn't walk that extra mile. And now your life is running. So, what a great time to talk about the fantastic album artwork. That's very early in the episode. I know, there's just so many great ones still to come, and I still don't, for me, feel like this is what I'm looking forward to. Okay. Uh, And again, it's a bit more guitar-driven, a bit more indie. Jangly. A bit more jangly. So, let's talk about the artwork. You've got uh, No, you've got N-O in orange, uh, and then in the top left-hand corner, New Order, Waiting for the Sirens Call, also in orange with a white background. It's a very basic font, isn't it? But I always love the style and the art direction that New Order take. But I'm not as big a fan of this, Dan. Yeah, I completely agree. It's Of course, it's Peter Saville 
looking after the artwork as he often does and it's got a very unique minimal style but this is very minimal isn't it and i quite like that it's noticeable as a new order fan you know that this is waiting for the sirens call without reading it but i agree it's but you know what it looks like and i'm, I'm sure that's what it's meant to look like a um the chart scientific chart of all the elements mm. yeah it also just looks like no yeah no this song, uh, yeah, again, it's it's more of that jangly easing us into some some more tracks that are coming up, and it's it's not one of my favourites, but I really like the lyrics to this one because when I was younger, these lyrics really spoke to me, and it, they they talk about you had the brightest future writing songs on your computer, but you couldn't go the extra mile, dot dot dot. And I used to write songs all the time. I really wanted to be a musician, but I never did anything about it. I just kept it all to myself. All these different. I'd actually make music, I'd write lyrics and this kind of thing, but I never did anything with it because I was always too embarrassed. So when I heard this song, I always kind of thought, felt that, that Bernard was talking to me. But still, I did nothing about it. Well, now's, now's a great time. Can, do you want to share something? Uh, I've not got my guitar with me, sadly. Do you want to go home to get it? Uh, maybe for another episode. You went home to get it. Something to look forward to. Listeners, if you would like to hear Dan's music... It's very new emo goth uh, sort of style. Oh, Death really? Metal, really? Yes. Yeah. Great. Perfect for this <laughs> this podcast. Perfect. And just before we move on from that one, so that was produced by Stephen Street. Stephen is most known for working with bands including The Smiths and some of Maurice's solo career and Blur. We do like a bit of Blur, don't we? We do, but we haven't talked about them yet. Yet. I'm sure they're coming up. So, track three. Track number three now, and this is title track, Waiting for the Sirens. So that was Waiting for the Sirens Call. A uh, pop fact for you, Will. That is the first and only time to date when New Order have had a title track to an album. Really? Mm. Yeah, they, and because their track titles, a lot of the time, particularly early on, wouldn't actually be a line from the song. So you think about True Faith and Blue Monday, um, you had no actual reference to the song. That's very interesting to hear. That's the kind of nugget of information you'd expect from track by track. Only available on Track by Track, on Radio 2. Ken Bruce on the BBC. Now, again, I've still, the album is still not clocked into place for me. Clicked, sorry, into place for me. Again, I can completely hear where you're coming from. It still feels very, let's say all those words again, indie, jangly, middle of the road. Um, But I think there is, it's maybe one of those tracks that you really have to concentrate on and you have to work for it because there's some wonderful string-like synths on this one. And maybe that's because uh, Gillian Gilbert wasn't involved with this album. Maybe that's why the synths don't sound as New Order as we would expect them to. Interestingly, there was a, uh, on the B side of this single, there was a Richard X remix of a classic New Order song. Which one was that? Bizarre Love Triangle. Shall we? Let's have a listen.
definitely Richard X there, isn't it? It's definitely Richard X, but I also think that he's not really taken much away from the fact that that is a New Order track. It still feels it's got a lot of the elements of the original there as well. But what a great combination. Those two of our favourites there. Back to Waiting for the Sirens Call. So yeah, before we move on from this one, I just want to point out this was a single. This was a third single released from the album. And this one peaked at number 21 on the charts. Was that good or...? I think at that point, would you call them Heritage Band? Is that a bit too... Is there a... like, that sounds like they're members of the National Trust. <laughs> <laughs> what would you call them? Uh, legends. Legends, yeah. Let's say for Legends. Um, pop rock legends. Pop rock dance, indie, electro legends. 21 is not a bad score. No. Um, especially after just the illustrious career they'd had. So, track number four? Track number four now. Dan, let's get crafty. Iconic, actually. Yeah. I'd go so far to say. So do you think that should have been the lead track on the album? Yes, definitely. Mm. It just clicks for me. And it was the lead single, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, And it's the perfect single to launch a new album campaign with. Uh, I just don't know why that wasn't the first song in, because it would just hook you in really, uh, if you pardon the pun. So, So this might surprise you because, well... First of all, I want to point out, this was my first New Order album that I kind of, as a fan, the first album that I bought when it came out on release day, I was very excited to get it. I was very excited for the campaign and, of course, Crafty being the lead single, hearing it on the radio, getting the CD single at the time. But it's it's not one of my favourites on the album at all. It's, in fact... Why, why not? I really don't know. Do you know what? I really like, when it begins with that kind of drum synth pattern, I absolutely love that. And I remember reading that it was actually called Crafty because they thought it was quite like craft work that part of the song but the actual chorus um and the verses actually for me the verses are too lyrically lyrically maybe too literal and then the chorus is actually i think more indie jangly than the first three songs that we talked about um so there's i think there's a lot of elements of this song but for me they just don't quite come together as i'd hoped they might and i don't dislike the song at all I should say. I think it'd be very hard to dislike this song. I mm. mean, you could be indifferent about it, but you couldn't dislike it. Yeah. I mean, I really, really like it. I've never seen it live, actually. Have you? No. I think it's one of those singles that's ignored a little bit. Maybe because this album was not received fantastically by fans or critics, which I'm sure you're going to touch upon later. Um, but maybe they just decided to let bygones be bygones. This was a hit, though. Got to number eight in the singles charts. Very good. And... Will, you'll like this one. There were quite a few remixes of this song. And one of them was the Phones Reality Remix, which was remixed by Paul Epworth. Who we were only talking about last week when we were talking about Annie. Yes. And he's got an illustrious career behind him. And as I said last week, you kind of, for me at least, I think of Paul Epworth and I think of Adele. But as you said, he's got a lot of other stuff. I think that's just his most popular. Uh, there is also a remix by DJ Dan. And just to be very clear, that isn't me. 
Oh, I think you should have a go. Get Garage Band out and have a go. Well, let's see what happens. <laughs> uh, and this is track number five now. Uh, and this will be uh, when Dan delivers his remix and it's not very good. I told you so. <laughs> I told you so. Love that one, Dan. Me too. What do you love about it? The drum machines, the synthesizers, the kind of slight semi-reggae electro feel. Yeah, I agree. It, it just feels quite sparse in some ways, but at the same time, so many things going on, so many layers. And I love how elongated it is, or and and what's your word before? And enlarged and engorged. Engorged. Yes. Yeah, sorry. There's many instrumental moments in it. And that kind of raw sound, that almost the raw dance sound that could only be from Manchester as well. Definitely. I, I just imagine them playing this in the studio and those long instrumental moments being initially just from jams and then they're just keeping it in because it just makes the song what it is. On this one, it isn't about the lyrics per se. It's just about that the whole sound created from this. Lovely, lovely, lovely. And I could have listened. The sign of a good song is, could you have carried on listening to that? I think with a lot of New Order songs, you just crave the kind of extra length. And whenever the, whenever we're listening, we, you and I are always saying, oh, we could just take more and more and more. Take them away. Um, before we move on from this song, I just want to mention that this, I mentioned before about the Lost Sirens release, which was tracks recorded around these sessions intended for the follow-up album. And there's only one song on there, which was a different version of a song from Waiting for the Sirens Call. And it was I Told You So. And if it's okay with you, Will, I'd just like to play a little bit of that version. I think you'll find the phrases, and if we're lucky... So that was the Lost Sirens version of I Told You So. I will, I'd automatically imagine that it's not your preferred version. But any thoughts on it? Uh, correct. I like the way it builds up towards the end, but you're right. You know, that dance version with everything going on has to be my favourite. It just has to be. It has to be. And I would agree with you. I prefer that version, but I do really like this. I've often thought I'd like to hear this Lost Sirens version live because I think the more organic sounds of the band would come come to life okay track number six now morning night and day Brilliant 
Oh, not not a brilliant time to talk about the arm artwork again. We've done that. Yes. And that's why that's why we got out of the way really early because the middle of this album really hits its stride with just new order banger after new order banger. And for me, uh, like Crafty and the last track is just a great example of Crafty was the last track. No, I told you so. You, you told me what, so. <laughs> it's a great example of New Order fly, firing on all cylinders. Everything is present there. Yeah. I completely agree. I think one thing that I've said, certainly on the last New Order episode, is that Stephen Morris on the drums, considering he's working with an electronic band and he is playing a, a, a proper drum kit, he just creates such an incredible beat. And I love that mix of the organic and the electronic throughout um, this one does feel like more of a dance floor track, but it's still very much got those more indie rock sensibilities that we had on the first three tracks. It's just here, there. Uh, they take a back seat to the beat, I think. I back seat love... to the beat. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the combination of the guitar, the bass, the drums, the synths, the vocals. Yeah. It all comes together so well. And even if you are not the biggest fan of this album, surely you would highlight this track as one of the standouts in it, or I maybe think, as the standout in it. Yeah, potentially. So, and I think this is perfectly placed in the album as well. Yeah, absolutely. Sort of quite in the middle. And the next song, I have to say, Will, is another for me, another absolute corker. Let's get straight into it. Let's get straight into track number seven Dracula's Cast. Miraculous castle there. We creaked open the door, crept up the stairs. A few bats flying around. So it's probably quite an ill-judged joke considering recent events. Uh, so the song itself. The song itself, lovely. Love it so much. What do you love about it? The things I love about it are, again, we're not musical experts, but the synthy bleeps. And, and and what is it, Dan? Well, let me jump in and just say that, again, don't know the exact terms, but it it begins, doesn't it, with the kind of the piano intro, quite classical. And then the synths are just very fuzzy, very squelchy. They actually, <laughs> they do something, they make this, when the synths come in on this one and they start their kind of sequences, it makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand up because it's a kind of the, that sound, is for, I think it's just, what what we love makes about. you feel funny all over. Yes, <laughs> like when you first saw the boy in the chip shop. <laughs> so Dracula's Castle, I think, is a prime example of a great album track. You know, the singles you can tell why they were released. They're radio friendly. This feels like a, a track you've got to work for, uh, and therefore it's less likely to be appearing on any live setlist sometime soon. But this and I told you so, and Morning, Night, and Day, I'd absolutely love to hear them live. I'd love to hear Morning, Night, and Day live. Yeah. And again, they're playing the O2 late this year. Let's let's, let's we... start picketing for it now. Yes. And once again, a lovely elongated outro, which, you know, just come to expect from these guys. Track number eight now. And this is Jetstream. It's been so long since I made 
Jetstream there, featuring Animatronic, of course, from the Scissor Sisters. What a great song. It's great, isn't it? And Animatronic has enjoyed collaborating with a number of different artists. Yes. I mean, no, what? Who? (laughs) Uh, She's notable because she's worked with a couple of uh, track-by-track favourite acts, actually. Um, And actually, it feels very strange that it's me saying this, Mm. but... Duran Duran. Oh, another episode where you're talking about Duran Duran. (laughs) And Bright Light, Bright Light as well. Who we are going to talk about quite soon, actually, aren't we? And I'd love it, actually, if we're lucky. Could we have a listen to Safe in the Heat of the Moment, uh, which was Duran Duran featuring Animatronic uh, and produced by Mark Ronson? Well, as if I'm going to say no. How about you and me get down? How about you and me get down? Babe, I know you've been around. I'll make your... I love that one. And the, the fact that actually that sounds nothing like anything New Order have ever done. But for you and I, New Order and Duran Duran, alongside bands like Pet Shop Boys, are just at the top of our list of all-time favourites, aren't they? So great to hear them and great to know that they've both worked with Animatronic, who, of course, we both love Sister Sisters as well. And Dan, I'm just going to de- derail this even further. Oh, my word. By requesting, mm-hmm. if we're lucky, could we hear a little bit of I Only Want to Please You, which is Bright Light, Bright Light, featuring Animatronic. Let's have a listen. I only want to please you Talk to me You talk to me like someone who's got time to let me see That everything you do is to be good to me When others say they're waiting for me They don't call me, you get up and run I know that every minute, every hour I got you, it's one-on-one and that's why Well, I have to say, after talking about how Duran Duran and New Order are so different, that Bright Light, Bright Light song sounds very New Order. Yeah, it kind of bridged the gap between the two. Yeah. Um, and that was... Very, only... sorry, very Manchester, the pianos. <laughs> that was falling out my mouth, I couldn't stop it. And that was I Only Want To Please You. Uh, she also collaborated with him on another track called Good Luck. And was she one of the many guest vocalists on All In The Name, which had like Kylie and everyone else in there? Let's just say yes, you're looking sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite sure I'm right. I normally am. Jetstream got to number 20 in the uh, UK singles chart. A top 20 smash. And was the second track released. So it was in between Crafty and Waiting for the Sirens Call. And of course, Will, how could we not talk about this song and not mention the producer, who is a firm old friend of the podcast, Mrs. Stuart Price. An old, old friend of the podcast. Uh, we haven't spoken about him or even referenced him for a, or even joked about him. Well, I think we wore him out because for those first few sessions, we were going on and on and on about him, weren't we? Um, but this is a great addition by him. Now, as well as, so you've got animatronic there, you've got New Order, you've got Stuart Price. Richard X also had a hand in this, but uh, more about that later. <laughs> so a hint of a tease in the episode there. 
So we're going to move on now to track nine, and this is another Stuart Price uh, co-collaboration, I should say, because New Order also produced this one. And this is Guilt is a Useless Emotion. Is guilt a useless emotion? It probably is. And that's one of my favourite New Order titles ever because I remember the first time I read it, I thought, that's, I've never heard anyone saying that before, but that's probably really true. Also, it sounds like the title of a Pet Shop Boys song. <laughs> Everything sounds like the title of a Pet Shop Boys song too. I said earlier on we talked about the boy from Doctors who could see Joe Pasquale everywhere. I think you just see Pet Shop Boys titles everywhere. Like self-isolation? Yeah. <laughs> and... I said the pubs are shutting, but um, that's more like a Morrissey title. Quite negative. Quite a nasty individual. Nowadays, yeah. Very bitter. But that song, Guilt is a Useless Emotion, I imagine, I'm going to hesitate to guess that's one of your favourites on here. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's a bit more... It's got an oomph to it. It's got that um, heartbeat going throughout it. It's Stuart Price and New Order, which is just in itself amazing. When this album first came out, and I said earlier on about how this was my first New Order album of actually waiting for release date, this was my favourite song for a long, long time. I, this is the one that I would play and then go back and play the same song again and then again. When I was driving around in my Peugeot 206 or when I was working at the local pub that I ran with my mum and dad. Oh, it's a family affair. Happier times. Very much so. Track number 10 now. And this is Lovely guitar work on that track. It's kind of gone back, hasn't it? It's gone back. This is the penultimate track on the album. It's gone back to that more indie sound. But I still think it is very, not upbeat, but very atmospheric. Absolutely. Um, and I wouldn't say it's one of my favourite tracks on the album. And I would say it's definitely an album track. Absolutely. And this is another Stephen Street co-production. Uh, again, Stephen, who worked with the Smiths and Morrissey. So that jangly sound is back on this one. Not to be confused with Sesame Street. <laughs> what did he produce? Okay, so final track on the album. We're on to the last track on the album. Oh, that's uh, the official wording. Sorry, yes. Uh, so this is track 11, last track, Working Overtime. <laughs> So that was the last track on the album. How raucous. I know, not for me. No? I, I don't, I love the energy in it. 
and the beat to it and the guitar work as ever is second to none but as you know i prefer something a little bit more electronic absolutely and i would agree this is not my favorite song on the album by a long shot but likewise i do respect that you know throughout this album they've been teasing a rockier side that we haven't really heard from them before there were hints of it on the last album get ready a hint of a tease hint of a tease and this album began a little bit less electronic it's been bookended that way um what i would say is thank goodness that this didn't pave the way for what's coming next because uh, the next full album was of course music complete which was a complete return to the dance floor well if you want to know what we think of that do check out that episode Yep, which is over a year and a half now since we've recorded that. So we sound quite stale on that one, actually. Yes, we, uh, I think we've loosened up a little bit over the years. Sound like we're both sat on a cactus. <laughs> um, but it's a good episode, and it's, it's all about the music on that one. It's all about the amazing Tutti Frutti, Plastic. Uh, People on the High Line. Singularity. What an album. Mm. So just a quick word before we move on to further listening about the performance of this album. And it's fair to say it was mixed mm. in terms of how it was uh, received and reviewed. Uh, so Enemy gave it 6 out of 10. Rolling Stone gave it 4 out of 5. Yeah! Uh, the Guardian gave it 3 out of 5. Entertainment Weekly gave it a B plus. Trust them to use uh, oh. numbers instead of stars. Typical. Or letters instead of stars. And in terms of the charts, it got to number 5 in the UK album chart. Very respectable. Very respectable. I do remember that Q Magazine were quite scathing in their write-up. And not long afterwards, it was the Q Awards. And Peter Hook went and he was interviewed on the red carpet. And they asked if Bernard Sumner was there. And uh, Peter Hook said that Bernard Sumner hadn't come because he thought they were wankers for the review that they gave. Good. Good for him. Yeah, Standing his ground. Yeah, absolutely. I might have completely mixed up the names and <laughs> <laughs> events there. But you get the idea. You, you know what I mean. The intention was there. Yeah. So, Dan, further listening. So, yeah, we thought we would keep it around this era of the band because New Order, as we've said, one of our favourites, and we are going to probably come back to their different albums and different uh, tracks that came from that time. Um, so something from this era of the band. Will, what would you like people to hear? Well, as we uh, hinted at earlier... Uh, I'm back onto Jetstream again mm. uh, for the Richard X remix because I think it is the definitive version for me. So let's have a little bit of that, please. So that was the Richard X remix. For me, I prefer it to the original. I mean, let's just remind ourselves, New Order, Animatronic from the Scissor Sisters, Stuart Price and Richard X. If there was ever one track-by-trackable track, then that probably is it. It was, it's great, isn't it? And I think just the added, added electronica he brings to it, mm. uh, it had a bit more pace to it. Yeah, I love brilliant. it. I'd love to hear it. On the dance floor somewhere. Yeah, I still it's on one of my running playlists actually because it's a great, uh, great tempo. Dan, what have you gone for? So, 
kind of cheating, but not really cheating. It is a track from the album. In fact, it's a title track, Waiting for the Siren's Call. But there is an amazing live version that they've been playing for the last few years where they've kind of added to the electronica and taken away from the more acoustic guitar side of the track. Good. (laughs) And good for them, actually, and good for you. (laughs) So here is a bit of the live version of Waiting for the Siren's Call. And this is from the NOMC 15 live album. Waiting for the Siren's Call there. As I said before, this is a a new, dancier version of the track. What I absolutely love about this is that when you see this live, the people on stage are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, um, and they're just, for the whole set, they're playing the most amazing dance music. But this one in particular, you see the kind of smaller synths coming out for the people normally on, for um, Phil, who's normally on bass. And they're all just creating these elements that create this amazing dance music. And it just shows how timeless it is. Uh, I really enjoy that. And for me, anything that gives it more of a dance focus and a beat to it is brilliant. And um, when you first played me that, it was uh, quite a revelation. Hmm. And again, we're seeing them live, hopefully, later this year in hopefully. October. <laughs> uh, so fingers crossed that this version stays on there. Because I think as well, it you know it's a track from a recent album it wasn't a huge hit it was number 21 it could almost be the go to the bar moment but i seem to remember this track got a really great reception when we saw it actually the last two times this version was from brixton uh which i saw this gig live and then we saw them at ali pali and they played the same version again why couldn't i have gone to the brixton gig i don't know <laughs> <laughs> much more convenient for me but uh... it was a uh, pre-track by track yes We're out of time. Such a shame. So there's another great New Order episode and album. And do let us know, and particularly do let us know if you are one of those people who, for you, Waiting for the Siren's Call wasn't a favourite, has listened to this episode, kind of helped you see the light. Um, At Track by Track UK, hashtag Track by Track if you really fancy it. And if you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do go onto Apple Podcasts and give us a rating and a review uh, for the world to see. Uh, your appreciation. Thank you in advance. And Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease as to who's coming up next time? So next week, for the first time, and that's quite unbelievable, we're talking about an English uh, sort of alternative pop dance three-piece band. This is... Bananarama. uh, Very close. (laughs) (laughs) This is their eighth studio album. Uh, They worked with Richard X and Tim Powell of Xenomania. Uh, on this album and just thank you to pop music activism because this recently got put back on streaming services this album you've said more than enough oh god every time (laughs) so thank you for listening until next time i've been animatronic and i've been jillian gilbert oh the ladies (laughs) Goodbye. goodbye When the album came out, and again, as I said before, this was my first Pet Shop Boys album of actually waiting for release date and getting it. Or a New Order album.
Oh, shit. <laughs> the gin hit me about three minutes ago. 